Hello, this is Jim May from the Church of St. Agnes, back for Latin 3 class. Today we're doing Unit 34, our exercises and homework. And uh, that begins on page 311 and following. So let's take a look at the drills, number one section on page 311 in the Collins book. Uh, at those first six sentences. Number one, lux fiat. Let there be light. Let light be made. This is God's command in the book of Genesis, of course, at the creation of the world. Fiat lux. And there's our verb fiat in the subjunctive, a hortatory subjunctive. Uh, number two, Matthias factus est apostolus. Matthias was made or became an apostle. Factus est the perfect passive of the verb theo. And notice about uh, this verb uh, that we have apostolos there and Matthias. Apostolos is in the nominative, isn't it? That's because theo often, uh, usually, is a linking verb, like the verb is, uh, to become, to be made, uh, to happen. Uh, Matthias was made an apostle, therefore, Apostolus has to be in the nominative. Uh, it's a predicate nominative, just as we have with linking verbs. So watch for that when we, uh, when we encounter the verb fio. Okay, number three. Virro gavit ut fierit sanus. The man asked or begged. Here's the justive noun clause, right? Being introduced by a verb of asking. And now we follow with the subjunctive. Ut fierit sanus that he be made whole, that he become healed. Uh, sanus is healthy, whole, sane. Um, and here we have the secondary sequence in Rogavit, right? So our sequence of tense chart tells us that we need the imperfect subjunctive, which is what we have in fieret. The man begged to be made healthy or whole or sane. All right, number four. Nocta facta, nocte facta in domum reversi sumus. Uh, there we have a sitting off with a, a comma, a couple words in the ablative. I hope you recognized it as an ablative absolute. Having become night. Night literally having been made, right? So having become night, we returned to uh, into the house uh, in domum reversi sumus. Uh, that ablative absolute, facta, of course, the, the, uh, the participial form, perfect passive participle of fio. Okay, number five, si verbum conservaverimus salvifiemus. Here we have a, f a condition, and we see that we have a future perfect in the protasis, and a future indicative in the apodosis, therefore a future more vivid condition, right? If we uh, conserve or preserve the word, if we save the word, preserve the word, we will be saved. Remember, salvus is uh, Christian Latin uh, for um, being saved, right? Um, it can also mean to be safe, of course, but in, uh, in Christian Latin, it normally uh, carries the connotation of being saved, uh, redeemed through Jesus' blood, right? So if we shall preserve the word, or if we shall have preserved the word, if you want to be technical about the future perfect, we will be saved. And number six, factum s, there's that idiom, uh, it happened, right? And it happened. Apertum chelum, the heaven was opened, or the sky opened, the heavens opened. Apertum chelum. So there you have uh, six examples of uh, uses of the irregular verb fio, and I hope you're getting used to seeing that verb. It's an important one, and we'll see a lot more of it as we go on. So let's now turn to our exercises at the bottom of page 311, the sentences that I assigned for you this next time. And uh, we begin with number two. Diende post anos tres ascendi hero solimam videri cefam et mansi apud eam diebus quindecim alium autem apostolorum non vidi nisi Jacobum fratrum domine. This is from Galatians, Paul speaking. He says, next, 
post-anostrase, after three years, right? There's your, your word three, uh, modifying anos. I went up to Jerusalem. Notice Jerusalem without a preposition, the name of the city, motion toward the accusative place to which. I went up to Jerusalem to see Cephas, which you mean, of course, Peter, and I remained uh, with him, apudeum, tribus de quindecim, for 15 days. This is an ablative, but uh, interestingly enough, an ablative of time, extent of time, right? Uh, usually we'll see the accusative and extent of time, but here we have the ablative. I remained with him for 15 days. However, I did not see Alium Apostolorum, another of the apostles. There we have a genitive of, uh, a partitive genitive. Another of the apostles I did not see except James, the brother of the Lord. So um, a couple good examples of numbers in that one and uh, time and place expressions. Number five. Ascended ergo Simon Petros at Traxit Rete in Teram, plenum magnis piscibus, centum quinquaginta tribus. Ah, this is from the Gospel of John. Simon Peter therefore got up and drew in the net onto the land. He, he pulled the net onto the land. What kind of net was it? It's a net plenum magnis piscibus, full with great fish. Notice. Plainus takes the ablative there, Plainum magnis piscibus, filled with great fish, big fish, and now he gives the number, centum quinquaginta tribus, 153 of them. Um, so John is being precise there, I think, to uh, emphasize uh, the factual nature of the miracle. Our next one was number eight on page 312. Dicebat enum Ioannes Herodi, non licet tibi habere uxorum fratris tui. Ah, yes, this is John the Baptist, isn't it? John, for John was saying to Herod, it is not permitted for you to have the wife of your brother. Notice the impersonal verb, that's the important thing in the sense, non licet, it is not permitted, dative for you or to you, and then the complementary infinitive, to have the wife of your brother. This is John preaching to Herod, which later literally cost him his head, didn't it? Um, but at any rate, we're talking about John the Baptist here. Um, good. Okay. Uh, number 11 uh, from the book of Revelation. Scribe ergo, que vidisti et que sunt et que oportet fieri posthec. God is telling the author, uh, scribe ergo, write therefore what you have seen, and what things are, and what it is necessary to happen after these things. So, write what you have seen, and what things are, are currently, and what it is necessary to happen post-take after these things. Again, the important thing here is that impersonal verbal portet, it is necessary or ought, it should, it is fitting to happen. Fieri, the infinitive, complementary infinitive from the verb fio. Good. Number 12. Here, uh, uh, one of the prayers of the offertory of the Latin Mass. Benedictus es Domine Deus Universi, quia de tua largitate acepimus panem, quem tibi offerimus, fructum terre et operus manuum hominum, ex quo nobis fiat panis vitae. From the Novus Ordo, right? You blessed are you, Lord God of the universe, because dea tu tua largitate from your largesse or from your generosity, we have accepted bread, quem tibi offerimus, which we offer to you, bread which is fructum terre, fruit of the earth and of the work of human hands. That's an apposition to bread. Ex quo, from which. We have a uh, relative uh, clause coming, from which it will become the bread of life for us, right? So um, we offer you fruit of the, the, the earth and of the work of human hands, from which the bread of life will come or happen or be made for us. So the idea is, right, this bread of the earth which we are offering at the offertory, will become at the consecration 
for us the bread of life, panis vitae, which will become for us, from which the bread of life will become or happen for us. So that's a nice, uh, that's the prayer, uh, as I said, of, uh, over the bread uh, at the Novus Ordo Mass here on 14. We have the prayer over the wine and the water. Perhuius aquae ad vine mysterium eus efficiamur divinitatus consortes qui humanitatis nostre fieri dignatus est particeps. Okay, so through the mysterium, per takes the accusative, of this water and wine, efficiamur, it's a, it's a just a subjunctive or a wish, let us become consortes, consorts or companions of his divinity, of the divinity eus. Notice how eus and divinitatis is, is uh, separated. Uh, it's somewhat poetic there. We might become uh, consorts of the divinity of that one who, qui, refers back to the eus, who, dignatus est partici, particeps, particeps, yes, who deigned to become fieri, a participant humanitatis nostre, of our humanity. Now that's a nice turn, isn't it? So through the mystery of this water and wine, may we become the consorts of the divinity of him or his divinity who deigned to become a participant of our humanity. So uh, we're praying that we can share in the divine life of Jesus who deigned it worthy to come to earth and become a participant in our humanity. He stooped, actually, to become a human being. A very nice prayer, actually. Good. Uh, number 15. Sedet in lege vestra scriptum est quia duorum hominum testimonium verum est. But in your law, Jesus says, it is written that the testimony of two men is true. So in other words, if you have the testimony of two witnesses, uh, it's believed to be true. Um, in your law, it is written that, in direct discourse with quia, that the testimony, duorum hominum, there you have your uh, declension of two in the genitive, plural, duorum hominum, uh, is true. Good. Uh, number 18, very famous quote, of course, from Mary. Mary, however, said, Ecce ancile domini, behold the handmaid of the Lord, fiat mihi secundum verbum tum. Let it be done, uh, wish, let it be done, just a subjunctive, to me secundum verbum tum, according to your word. This is Mary's so called fiat. We use the word fiat from the verb fio because um, she says yes to the Lord, yes to the angel, that uh, in fact she will bear a son and his name will be Jesus, the Savior of the world. So she says, fiat me, let it be done according to thy word. Uh, beautiful quotation from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, in number 19, erat autem quidem homo ibi trigenta et octo onus habens in infirmitate sua. And there was a certain man there, homo ibi, a man there, and he was habens, Triginta et octo anos in infirmitate, so holding in his infirmity for 38 years. That's an accusative of extent of time, isn't it? Triginta et octo anos for 38 years, holding or being in the state of his infirmity. So he was, um, he was uh, sick or an invalid for 38 years, and Jesus will heal him. Good. Uh, the important thing there. Uh, for our purposes, the Triginta at Octo Anos, the accusative of extent of time, 38 years. Number 21. Ubi enim sunt duo vel tres congregati in nomino meo, ibi sum in medio eorum. Where there are two or three congregated in my name, notice congregati modifies the subject understood in sunt, where there are two or three, in other words, two or three is the subject, congregated in my name, there I am in their midst. Good. Um, again, our, our numbers, we're getting some practice on numbers in this lesson. 
duo Veltres congregati, two or three, what kind of two or three congregated in my name. Okay, uh, our next one was 23. And this one might be a little obscure for you uh, if you don't know the context, because what's happening is this is the parable of the seeds being sown. Remember, some are sown on uh, on the rocky path, and some are in thorns, and some are in good soil. And that's what the alia refers to here. So it may have been a little tricky for you unless you recognize the passage. At alia cecideront interum bonum et dabant fructum, ascendebant et crescebant et afferebant unum trigenta et unum sexaginta et unum centum. I wanted you to do this because of the use of the numbers and that distributive unum, unum, unum. Let's see what it says. Uh, so others, talking about other seeds, semina, right? Other seeds fell onto the good earth, and they gave forth fruit, right? And they were uh, rising up, and they were growing, and they were bearing a ferebat, one thirty and one sixty, and one a hundred. So that one refers to the v three various uh, different plants, I suppose. And one was bearing trigenta 30, 30 fold, 30 uh, in return. And another sexagenta 60, and another 100 fold or measures or some such thing. So the one is uh, talking, the three times repeated, it's talking about three different uh, occurrences of this good seed, right? And uh, they, were, they were growing and they were bearing, one of them 30-fold, another 60-fold, another 100. That's a little tricky. Um, and again, out of context, you may not have understood what was happening. Uh, unless perhaps you looked up the whole passage in the in the Gospel of Mark. But this is, as I said, from the parable of the, the sower and the seeds and those that fell in various places. And uh, the, the, the seeds that fell on good land, um, uh, they produced this kind of uh, return. Okay, number 25. None heik oportuit pati Christum et intrare in gloriam suam. It's from the Gospel of Luke, on the uh, road to Emmaus, remember when Jesus appears to the apostles and they don't recognize him at first, he's sort of incognito until later on he uh, breaks bread and celebrates the Eucharist with them. So he says, uh, expecting a yes answer, uh, was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Remember, he's recalling all of the past things that had just happened. So the important thing here, a poor to it, that impersonal verb, it's here in the past tense. Was it not necessary for Christ in the accusative, pati, in complementary infinitive, to suffer, heik, uh, accusative after pati. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Good. Number 25. Tunk dicit e Jesus. And then Jesus says to him, vade satanas, he's speaking to the devil here, get, get uh, out of here, Satan. Be gone, Satan. Scriptum est enum dominum deum tuum adorabis et illi soli servies. This is the temptation of Jesus, of course. So Jesus says, get lost, Satan, uh, for it is written, you will adore the Lord your God and you will serve that one alone. Now, I hope you recognize what was happening in illi soli. The verb servio, servire, is one of those verbs, there's a handful of them in Latin, that take normally the dative as their objects. Servio, servire is one. Not servo, servari, to conserve or to save, but servio, servire, to serve, to be a slave to. So, illi soli, when you first saw it, you may have thought, oh, that's nominative plural, what's going on here? But actually, it's that dative singular, and it's an irregular dative singular of those nine adjectives like solus aum, unus aum, and so forth. Remember, unus nauta I told you about back when we learned them. Solus aum is one of them, and the dative is soli. The genitive, remember, is soli us. So here we have the dative singular, and illi 
from Ile Alalud, the date of Ili. So um, even though they look like they could be nominative, they have to be dative here as the object of servius. You will serve that one alone, meaning the Lord your God. Um, I hope you recognize that. That's a trick, a tricky question there. And um, if you didn't get it right away, I hope you understand it now. Okay, number 26. Et dicit eis, eis, licet sabatis benefacere an male, animam salvam facere an perdere, at ili taceban. This is Mark. Uh, Jesus here is again being accosted uh, by the uh, Pharisees or so forth uh, for healing on the Sabbath. And he says to them, is it permitted to do good or bad, to do well or badly on the Sabbath? Animam salvam facere, to make safe a life or a soul, or to lose it, right? Lichet understood. Impersonal verb, is it permitted to do something, right? And they were silent. So Jesus says to them, um, is it, you know, is it okay to do a good deed or, or is it better to do a bad deed or a good deed on the Sabbath? To, to make safe a soul, to save a soul, or to lose it, right? Okay, um, we will move on then to 28. Quem vultis vobis de duobus dimitam. Perhaps you recognize that this was Pontius Pilate speaking. He says, whom do you wish uh, that I release to you? Whom de duobus, the De duobus actually goes with the quem, and it's example of how Latin uses numbers uh, when when we're talking about uh, one or two or many of the numbers. They often Latin will most commonly use de or ex. So he has, so he's asking here quem de duobus, whom from the two do you want? Could have had an ut, but we don't. Ut dimitam vobis, that I released you. He's talking here to the crowd, questioning them whether they want him to release Barabbas or Jesus. And of course, they say, give us Barabbas. But the important thing in grammar here is that he's saying, you wish for me, or you wish that I dismiss or release whom from the two to you? Quem Vobis de duobus dimitam. The Latin word order is a little tricky, and you say, well, why didn't they just write it quem de duobus, which would have been a little, uh, a, a little more clear for you. But uh, Latin can do this, and will do it, separating that. The idea is that he says, whom do you want to you from the two that I shall dis that I should dismiss? That's it, taking it in the Latin word order. And in English, we would have to translate, which of the two would you like me to release to you? That's simple idiomatic English. Okay. Now, remember that volo uh, will, introduce a, will often introduce a clause, you want me that I do something, and it, it can be introduced by ut, but sometimes the ut will be omitted as it is here. All right, number 12, or number 29 we have that idiom factum est. Uh, and it happened, however, in those days in Ilis Deibus, exit in Monte Morari. He went out to the mountain to pray. Uh, that's a purpose uh, expressed by an infinitive. Latin could have said ut oraret, that he pray, right, uh, with a subjunctive. But uh, ecclesiastical Latin, we will often see the infinitive expressing purpose. The important thing there, again, for our lesson is the factum est. It happened that, that idiomatic expression. Okay, and in number 31, Dum venisit ergo ad ilam samaritani rogaverunt eum ut apud ipsos maneret et mansit ibi duos dies. Um, uh, so what this says with the dum is while the Samaritans had come to him, therefore, they asked him that he stay among them, and he stayed there for two days. Now, I thought that the use of dum was a little peculiar there. It means while, as long as, but 
I, I thought, oh, that's a little strange with uh, Venisset. I looked it up in the Vulgate, and I see that what we have here is probably a typo by Collins. We're in Collins' books. It should be cum. Uh, at least that's what the Vulgate text says. Um, and that makes, uh, that's a little better in Latin, I think. I like the use of the cum clause. So, when they had come, therefore, to him, meaning the Samaritans, when the Samaritans had come to him, they asked him, a just of noun clause coming, ut, that, and then we have, because we're in secondary sequence, pastime, we need an imperfect subjunctive. They asked that he remain among them, maneret apodipsos. And in fact, he months it, he did remain there, duos dies, accusative of extent of time, for two days. Duos modifying dies in the accusative without a preposition uh, to show extent of time. Good. Uh, number 34. Vidi aquam egredientem de templo alatere dextro alleluia. Et omnes ad quos pervenet aqua ista salvi facti sunt et dicent alleluia, alleluia. Uh, you may have recognized this. This is the vidi aquam. This is the uh, chant and the prayer that is sung or said during the sprinkling rite in the Easter season. We, I think last time or the time before, we had the asparagus may sprinkle me with hyssop. Here, in, that's the normal sprinkling uh, prayer or chant. But here in the Easter season, we have the vidi aquam. I saw water, a gradientum de temple. What kind of water? Coming forth from the temple, from the right side, alleluia. And all to whom that water came, salvi facti sunt, were saved were made safe, right? Facti sunt salvi. And they will say, Alleluia, Alleluia. Of course, the temple is an image of Jesus who, uh, when his side was pierced, blood and water flowed forth, uh, save his saving blood. And all to whom that water came were made safe, right? Were made, were made whole. Uh, they were redeemed. Okay. A very nice... Uh, chant, a very nice prayer, and uh, very good Latin. All right, our next one was number 40. Uh, more about the Sabbath. Remember, they're always uh, attacking Jesus for curing on the Sabbath. At dice bat eis, and he was saying to them, Sabbatum propter hominem factum est. The Sabbath was made on account of man at non homo propter sabbatum, and not man on account of the Sabbath. Itaque, Dominus est filius hominis etiam sabbati. Therefore, the Son of Man is also is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now notice in that second part, Itaque, therefore, master, the master is the Son of Man also of the Sabbath. Notice how Latin it would have been maybe perhaps clearer if um, Sabbati had followed Dominus. Um, to be the master of the Sabbath. But Latin is able to hold off with the key idea to the end of the sentence, unlike uh, English. Latin has that ability to suspend the thought. And I think that's what's happening here. Uh, the, the Lord, is, uh, the Son of Man is the Lord, even Etiam Sabbati, of the Sabbath. So um, this really refers back also to uh, sentence 26 when Jesus is remonstrating about the Sabbath. And he says here, the Sabbath was made on account, for, uh, on account of man, man, human beings. For the human being, it was made for him, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, uh, the, uh, son of the Son of Man is uh, the Lord also of the Sabbath from the Gospel of Mark. Okay, our next one was 41. Said in ecclesia volo quinque verba sensu meo loqui ut et alios instruam quam decem milia verborum in lingua. Now, this is an interesting sentence from Paul, Corinthians. He says, But in church, volo, I wish, I want loqui to speak quinque verba, five words, with my sensu, my mind, my sense, in order that I might instruct even others. Rather than quam, understood to speak 
decem milia verborum in lingua, rather than to speak 10,000 words on my tongue, or in my tongue, with my tongue. So I want to speak five words with my mind, with my sense, and those five words would be such that I might instruct others, rather than to speak 10,000 of words with my tongue or on my tongue. Notice, we have decem milia, and then we have verborum. Now, we talked about earlier with Latin when we say one or three or four of these. We normally in Latin use de or ex. Unus de uh, viris, one from the men. But when we use the word milia, thousands, it's often or mostly followed in Latin by the partitive genitive. So we have rather than ten thousands of words, we would just say in English ten thousand words. Um, but Latin likes to use that ten thousands and then the partitive genitive of words. Okay, so we have Paul there saying that he'd rather speak five words with understanding or mind so that he might instruct others rather than to sort of babble on 10,000 words on his tongue. That's from the letter to the Corinthians. Good. And number 45, Facut ardeat cormeum in amando Christum Deum ut sibi complaceam. A little prayer here. Facut, make it that. Remember, dic, duc, fac, fair should have had an E, but it's not there. This is the singular imperative of the word facio. Make it that my heart burns, ardeat, right? In amando Christum Deum, in loving Christ. There's a gerund, amando, right? In loving, and it takes the accusative Christum Deum, in loving Christ. Ut, in order that I might be pleasing to him, sibi. Uh, an indirect reflexive referring to, certainly to Christ, uh, more, in, in order that I might be pleasing to him. Nice little prayer. Good. Uh, number 48 uh, is also a prayer, uh, basically a prayer that we see in the litany. Peccatores te rogamus audinos ut nobis paracas. So we are praying, we sinners, we beg you, right? Rogamus te, and the rogamus will introduce a just of noun clause. We beg you ut that you spare us, parkas nobis, and audinos. We sinners, we sinners, beg you, hear us, that you spare us, right? Audinos is kind of parenthetically stuck in there. Hear us, Lord. We sinners beg you, that you spare us. Now notice, parkas there takes nobis as its object. This is another of those verbs, the second of which we've seen in this lesson. Uh, we saw servio servire take the dative, here, parco, right? To spare takes the dative. That's why nobis is in the dative. We beg that you spare us. Ut, uh, in the just of noun clause. Uh, and because we're in primary sequence, parakas is in the present subjunctive. Good. Okay, our next one is 50. Venerunt ergo et viderunt ubi manerit et aput eum manserunt de illo hora erat quasi decima. From the Gospel of John, this is at the calling of the disciples. And it says, therefore, they came and they saw where he was staying. This is Jesus was staying, right? And they remained with him, apodeum among him, or at his place, dia illo, on that day, ablative of time, when, or within which, without a preposition. And the hour was about decima, the tenth, right? Now remember the Romans calculated hours from sunrise or roughly six, so um, this would have been uh, roughly four o'clock in the afternoon, of the tenth hour. Okay, um, I think that's a good one uh, to show you the die illo uh, on that day, ablative of time, within which, without a preposition, or on which, uh, time at or within which. Um, good. Now, number 53 is our next one, and it's a very clever sentence. I hope uh, you got it. Ne noceatis nocentibus vobis. Um, we have a polite command, ne noceatis. May you not harm. Do not harm. Now, notice, 
Nocio is again one of those verbs that takes the dative case. We've had parco, we've had servio, and now we have nocio. And it takes the dative. Therefore, its object has to be in the dative, and we have the participle standing for uh, the persons who are being harmed. Do not harm those harming vobis, you. <laughs> so we have ne nociatis, which commands a dative. Therefore, we have the dative participle. And who are nocentibus? The ones harming. That's a participle. And then, because the participle is also a verbal, it takes an object in vobis, which is in turn dative, because nocio takes the dative. So, do not harm those harming you. It's a clever and a tricky sentence. It might have tripped you up. I hope it didn't, but if it did, I hope you see how it works now. And the reason we have those datives is because that verb is one that will take a dative object. Okay, number 54. In spiritu humilitatis et in animo contrito sucipiamur a te domine, et sic fiat sacrificium nostrum in conspectu tuo hodie ut placiat tibi dominus Deus. Again, a prayer um, offering our sacrifice to God. In the spirit of humility and in a contrite heart or with a contrite spirit, a contrite soul, let us be taken up by you. There's the main verb. It's a jussive or a hortatory subjunctive, right? Let us be taken up by you, Lord, in a spirit of humility and with a contrite heart. And seek fiat sacrificium nosum. And may our sacrifice become such, seek, in your sight, hodier, in conspecto to hodier, ut, that it be pleasing to you, Lord God, in the vocative Domine Deus. Notice, sic fiat, may it thus become, may our sacrifice become thus or such, ut, that. This is a result clause, isn't it? Um, and we have fiat, may it become, another hortatory subjunctive, but we have the seek, thus, that. Remember, seek or eta is always a road sign, almost always a road sign, that a um, result clause is coming, that the result is, it be pleasing to you. Uh, very nice prayer. Good uses of the subjunctive uh, and the, in the verb fio. May our sacrifice become such be made such that it becomes pleasing to you in your sight today, Lord God. Uh, beautiful prayer. Okay, number 56. Sinceris cum pectoribus divina institutione formati incipiamus ritum communionis. Okay, so we have the cum sinceris pectoribus with sincere hearts. Now notice pectus pectoris is the chest, but it also is used for our hearts, the inner feeling. The, the ancients believed that our center of feeling and affection and so forth was our heart, right? So in our, with sincere hearts, and in, formati divina institutione, and formed, having been formed by divine teaching, let us begin the rite of communion. Incipiamus, again, the hortatory subjunctive, let us begin the rite of communion. What kind of let us? We having been formed by divine instruction. Very good. Let's look on number 59. Our next one, Stabat Mater Dolorosa, Yuxta Crucem Lacrimosa. Uh, from the Stabat Mater, the, the uh, mournful, the dolorous, the uh, sad mother was standing, Yuxta Crucem, next to the cross, Lacrimosa. Tearful, that, that modifies mater. That's just the first two lines of the first stanza. Stabat mater dolorosa, juxta crucem lacrimosa, dum pendebat filius. That's the last line of that stanza. The, the mournful mother stands, was standing, tearful next to the cross, dum pendebat filius, while her son was hanging. That's from the beautiful hymn, the Stabat Mater. 
Okay, number 62. Nemo servus potes duobus dominis servire. No servant is able, complementary infinitive, servire, to serve. And notice we have duobus dominis. There's that dative again following the verb servio, servire, one of those verbs that takes a dative object. No servant is able to serve two masters. Duobus declined, plural to modify dominus, which is in the dative. Well, that completes our sentences. And now let's turn to our reading, which is an interesting one, the conversion of Saul from Acts of the Apostles. I think we're all probably familiar with this story, but uh, the Latin uh, is interesting in and of itself. And we have it uh, in this lesson, and I think in our next unit we'll have the conclusion. So let's take a look. Saulus autem ad hoc spirans minarum et cedis in discipulos domini, accesit ad principem sacerdotum et petiit ab eo epistulas in Damascum ad synagogas, ut si quos invenisit huius viae viros ac mulieres vinctos perduceret in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Ah, so that's an interesting sentence and a little tricky. So Saul, the subject, right, still breathing, spirons. And notice, breathing here uh, is followed by genitives, minarum echedis. He's breathing, literally, of threats and murder or slaughter in discipulos domini, against or uh, toward the disciples of the Lord. So he's after the disciples of the Lord. Saul's after Christians, right? Now, the use of the genitive is somewhat peculiar, uh, it, and it reflects directly uh, the use of the genitive in, uh, in the Greek text, the original. So that's probably what's going on here. But it, in a sense, it's almost like a genitive of description. He's breathing of uh, threats and murder, right? He's breathing this out against the disciples of the Lord. Akcheset, he approached or he came Ad principem sacerdotum, to the chief priest, right? To the prince, the, the, the chief of the priest, right? He's the chief priest. At peti et abeo, and he sought from him, right? He sought from him epistulas, uh, letters, right? Uh, in Damascus ad synagogas, for, at the, or for the synagogues in, in Damascus, right? Ut. So that, here's, here's what he's seeking. He sought letters, uh, in a sense, uh, introducing a just of noun clause, <coughs> making an order. He sought the letters that would give him permission, right? That, si quos invenisit huius viae. Now, um, remember our little ditty that after num si nisi ne, every ali fades away. So we have... Uh, uh, we have an ut clause, but it's interrupted by a condition, and it's si for si aliquos. If he uh, might find anyone, if he should find anyone aliquos of this way, now we'll come back to that in a second, men and women, that ut perduceret, there's the perduceret, which is uh, the ut introduces uh, the subjunctive perduceret, that he might lead them, men or women, vinctos, bound, into Jerusalem. Let's go back and think about that for a minute. He sought a letter from the, from the chief priest that, right? He, so the ut governs the perduceret, that he might lead men or women into Jerusalem. Uh, but what kind of, if he should find any, right, men or women, any of this way, see, quos for see, aliquos, if he should find, that's a subjunctive, showing, prior, it's pluperfect subjunctive, showing, showing prior time to the main verb because we're all in secondary sequence, right, and we're setting up a condition, if he should find them first, he would lead them into Jerusalem. Now, notice, if he should find men or women of any of them, men or women, of this way. It's interesting that Collins didn't provide you a footnote with the word via here, because uh, Paul or uh, Luke is using that word as a 
almost a technical term. If you were to look it up in a translation, I'm sure you would see the word way, via here, capitalized. Because this was, in fact, a name that was used by the early Christians to uh, sometimes to describe uh, their practice, their religion, the way. And you may have heard that expression before, the way, right? And so here it's actually used in a, in a technical sense. If he should find any of them of this way, meaning of this persuasion of this religious uh, group, uh, be they men or women, he would lead them, vinctos, bound, having been bound, having been chained up, into Jerusalem. So Paul's out to find them and arrest them. And um, the VA, as I said, is a technical term of the way, of this way. So he's out there looking for Christians, right? At cum iter faceret, contigit, ut apropinquare Damasco, et subito circumfulsit, eum lux de celo, et cadens interum audivit vocem dicentem sibi, Saul, Saul, quid me persequeris. Okay. So, and when he was making his journey, right, cum clause, cum iter facere, when he was making the journey, that's uh, an idiom, to make a, make a trip, he was making it, contigit, right, it happened, ut, that he was approaching Damascus, apropinquare Damasco. Notice, uh, apropinquo there, taking the dative, an interesting use, to Damascus, he was, he was approaching to Damascus, at subito, and suddenly, Lux de cielo, light from heaven, circum fulsa, shone around him, circum fulgeo, refugio, it shone around him, at cadens in terum, and falling uh, onto the earth, audivit vocem, he heard a voice, what kind of voice? Dicentem sibi, a voice saying to him, right, Saul, Saul, quid me persequeris, why are you persecuting me? Um, there's the question. Qui dixit, who said, this is, refers back to Paul, that's that linking relative pronoun, qui, mean, we would never use that in English, but we would say he said or Saul said, quis est, domine, who are you, master? Who are you, sir? Domine, remember, can mean just sir or uh, master. Who are you? At, at ille, and that one said, ego sum Jesus, I am Jesus, quem tu persequeris, whom you are persecuting. Interestingly, Jesus responds that it is I whom you are persecuting. Of course, Jesus is long since uh, ascended into heaven, and so Paul is persecuting Jesus's followers, the church. But notice Jesus says, it is I, I am Jesus, and you're persecuting me. So this is a very important text um, for our belief uh, that the church is literally the mystical body of Christ on earth. So you are, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Said Surge, but get up at ingredere civitatem I mean, go to the city, right? Notice he doesn't use odd because he's thinking of it as a, the name of the city. He go to the city at dicitur tibi and it will be said to you quid te oporte ad facere. Quid te aporteret facere? Notice we have an indirect question. That's why the subjunctive in aporteat. And aporteat takes a complementary infinitive. That's why we have facere. And it will be said to you, it will be told to you, quid te aporteret? What it is necessary for you, facere, to do. Okay? Now, that's the end of the quote. Viri ultimately, those men, however, qui comitabantur cumeo, who were going along with him, who were traveling along with him, meaning with Paul, stabant stupefacti. They stood there. They were standing there stupefacti, stupefied. They were amazed, right? Audientes quidem vocem, certainly quidem, audientes vocem, hearing a voice, audientes participle, modifying the men, hearing a voice, neminem autem, but videntes neminem autem, but seeing no one. So they heard a voice, but they saw no one. Serexit altem salus de terra, but Saul got up de terra from the earth, from the, from the ground. Apertisque oculis, 
And with his eyes having been opened, he opened his eyes, ablative absolute, right? Nihil vide, but he was seeing nothing. So when he opened his eyes, he saw nothing. He was blind. Admanus altim ilum trahentes introduxerant damascum. Dragging him, however, admanus at the hand, meaning they took him by his hand, introduxerant damascum. They entered Damascus, the name of the city town, small island, Domus on Rus, showing motion toward with the accusative, no preposition. They entered, they entered Damascus. Et era tribus diebus, and there, and he was there, tribus diebus, non videns. He was there not seeing, non videns, not seeing, or he was not seeing for tribus diebus for three days. Et non manducavit, and he did not eat, neque bibit, nor did he drink. So he was blind. Now, erat autem quidam discipulus damasci nomine ananias et dixit ad ilum invisu dominus. Anania. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus. Notice that's the locative case. Looks like the genitive. Remember the names of cities, towns, small islands, domus, and rest. In Damascus or at Damascus, there was a disciple, uh, Ananias by name, nomine, et dixit ad ilum in visu domis. And the Lord said to him in a visu, in a vision, Ananias. And that one said, ecce ego, domine. Behold, I am here, Lord. I, it's I. I am here, Lord. Et dominus ad ilum. And the Lord to him, surgens vade in vicum quivocatur rectus et queore in domo iude saulum nomine tarsensum. So the Lord says to him, getting up, go into the street, which is called rectus. That's the name of the street. Straight, it means. It's straight street. <laughs> go into straight street. Go there. Okay. And seek in the house of Judah a man from Tarsensus, Saulum nomine, by the name of Saul, Saul by name. He's a Tarsensim. He's a man of Tarsus. Ece enim orat et vidit virum ananiam nomine intreuntem et imponentem sibi manus, ut visum recipia. So go there and find him, for behold, he is praying. And he is seeing a man, right now he's seeing a man by the name of Ananias entering and imponentum and placing upon him hands, what? In order that recipia, he might regain his visum, his sight, purpose clause. So the Lord commands Ananias to go there because Paul is himself having this kind of, he's praying and having this vision of Ananias who's coming in and putting his hands on him. Well, that's the end of this part of the story, and in the next unit we'll see the conclusion of it. Um, there's some interesting and tricky Latin in there, and I hope you were able to follow it and understand it. If you had trouble with it when you were doing it on your own, I hope that my explanation has made it clear now. Remember, as always, if you have questions, don't hesitate to drop me an email at may at stoloff.edu. I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. Um, you're doing good work. This is uh, interesting and original Latin from the scriptures. Uh, and uh, I can only applaud you for sticking with your Latin this, thus far. Um, you're just about uh, at your goal. So uh, for this week, please continue studying and doing your work. We'll be back soon with uh, our Unit 35. And until that time, I wish you all the best. God bless and have a great day.